Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. So I'm a big fan of doing things, quote, the right way, mm -hmm. but I also don't like doing things just to do things when it comes to programming. You know, like, oh, well, that's just always the way we did it, or that's what the tool does. Yeah. and tells us to do so we do it um and, and i can think of a good example of this i think is, is important to talk about is um for the longest time looking at um database migrations and wondering why i'm doing the downside of it <laughs> and, and testing it okay and, um you know why is that because i know i know that when i do a migration the database has changed and i might have new columns and what about all of that data then yeah yeah, and this I I, don't, I think this is something that comes up a lot just with within the Laravel community. Some firmly take the stand like we never write down methods because for that reason, like is it a waste of time? Like I've never used mm -hmm. the down method. Like why would we do that? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a good topic, and I, I'd be willing to talk through how we do it um, and kind of the reasoning behind it too. Because because like you say. You don't just do it because it's there. It's like, well, I got to fill in this method. It was in the stub. I mean, I, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that expression, cargo culting, like where you do something right. and you don't know why, but just because it's always been done. And so, or everyone else does it. So, yeah, right, right. And so, you know, obviously for, for anyone listening to this, make your own decision as a team or as a developer, but we can kind of share where we're coming from. So, well, just to be on the same page with everyone. Yeah. Um, we wanted to real quick touch on the migrations because I know everyone has different experiences of what these are for. When we talk about the migrations, really what we're talking about is the tool inside of Laravel to mm -hmm. move the database schema yep. to the next level that you need. Mm -hmm. And then when we talk about the down method, the theoretical point of that is to completely undo all of the changes that you had just made with the up method so that the database is exactly the same structure mm -hmm as it would have been before you were in the up. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good uh, kind of foundation to build upon. So, so yeah, when, when you're writing a migration, the reason is because you want to change the database schema, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that obviously you fill out the up method because that's like the whole point of the migration. But the down method, as you said, should do what the up method does in reverse. But like, why, why do that? Like, and I'll kind of go to the obvious use case and maybe we start there. Mm -hmm. And then we can we can add in some additional use cases where where it is valuable. So so the probably the classic scenario everyone thinks of is like, oh, I deployed this in production. It went horribly wrong for some reason. Doesn't matter why. And I want to roll it back. Right. So by having a down method, you're so able when to you say when you say horribly wrong. OK, well, the site what is down wrong, uh, immediately or there is a big bug that we discovered like in a week. Sure. Okay. I mean that that's that's an important bit of nuance. So I, I'm I'm thinking of the the immediate catastrophic. The site is down. I don't have time to even figure it out. I just want to roll it back. I'll figure it out later. Um, so that that's the scenario I think most people think of. And I, I think it's easy to dismiss that as a valid use case because number one, that should hopefully be pretty rare. Like mm -hmm. uh, like I'm thinking for ourselves. I can't even think of a case where we've done that, right? So, um, wow, you sound cocky. Uh, 
Well, I've only been programming two weeks, so um, yeah. But but I mean, maybe it has. But I I just I can't think of that. And so that's one use case. Um, before I address your question, I just want to share one other thing too, which is some teams have like a strategy where they only roll forward, right? So mm-hmm. if there's a failure, well, then you write another migration in the up method to change what you need to change. And like in fact, I, I think. Um, is it planet scale? There's there's some newer database engine I've seen like where that's literally the only way to do it. So like obviously your circumstances, if that's what you're using, like maybe this won't apply, but I just want to address it. Yeah. When you have like a journal system, for example, that you can't undo things in. Right. So that doesn't apply to us. You know, we're we're typically deploying on MySQL and we can do whatever we want. We can roll things back <laughs> if we want to. But but you you bring up a good point because let's say you deploy it on Monday. And Wednesday, a customer service issue comes in, which says, hey, like this data looks weird. And you look into it and it's like, oh man, I I messed up this migration. We would not roll back in that case because now it's been in production for days. And I would even say, depending on the system, even if it's ours, like your window of rolling that back maybe has closed because now now you've like captured new data in the new schema. You're going to roll it back and delete it. Like that feels more catastrophic and messier than than dealing with the situation a different way like like you would agree with that right like is do you think ours is is maybe even a window that's too long to roll back yeah i think ours is right in that line depending on the traffic that you have or the data like if it's only read only then it's probably fine sure but if it's you know things are where you've added something where there is now data generated by a user that you can't reverse engineer really yeah um you know uh then i think that's an issue so really what it sounds like you're saying is that the down migration is basically like your insurance. Mm-hmm. If something goes very bad at the time, it goes very bad, right. like at the time of deployment. But yeah. but that that's it. That's kind of like the point of this is yeah. like if something goes really bad within those few minutes, you can mm-hmm. put everything back. But after right. that, it loses its value by huge orders of magnitude. Yeah, it, it might create more problems than it's fixing at that point. Uh, so that I think that's the common use case in production. Something goes horribly wrong. Want to undo it? But the the other use case, and I would say the one that probably applies to to most teams, unless you have a lot of catastrophic <laughs> deployments, um, <laughs> it is it helps you in two other ways for local development. And so I'll I'll take take the first of those two that I'm thinking of, which is if you're working with a team, or to a certain extent, if if you're a single developer working on multiple branches. Having a down method is nice if if you want to check something out that isn't deployed, that isn't merged, run the migrations to test it, and then you want to go back to something else, right? So I know, Aaron, like you, you kind of sold me on this. Here again, not having worked on a lot of large teams um, in Laravel projects, I, I haven't felt that benefit. But, but you know, you've said yourself, like mm-hmm. doing pull request reviews, you want to play with it. Like this is something you did a lot. Yeah, a, a lot of times too, if you think about it, Imagine that you're about halfway through a large feature. You set up a ton of test data that maybe isn't already in your cedars, you mm-hmm. know? So it's a it's a whole new feature. You've created all the test data through the interface. And then, you know, someone says, there's an issue in the main branch. You have to check this out. But you've done a lot of work to build that test data, but you haven't had a chance yet to build the cedars. You don't want to lose yeah. that. You know, you're almost done if you could just keep this data, mm-hmm. um, you know? And, and so maybe you do a, a rollback on your current branch to undo a couple of different columns and things and changes 
maybe on a different part of the project yeah. that you know doesn't really affect the the bug and then then you can go back to the main branch and check it out you maybe still have a lot of extra user records or whatever from your test data from your other branch mm-hmm. but at least the database structure and, and stuff is back to kind of how it was um and you can see that then you can fix the issue deploy and you can go back to your own branch and spin back the, the database structure to where it should be right. um, versus, you know, so you don't have to remake all that data again. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just kind of quickly being able to reconcile, like, well, what version of the, of the database does this pull request or this branch need mm-hmm. and, and switching in and out of that. So that that's one use case for local development. Here's one that I personally find the most beneficial, and that is writing a down method, especially for a little more complicated migration forces you to think about it differently, like at a deeper level. Um, so I'll give an example. We we recently, this was a, a long running project, a lot of legacy data, and there were some columns we just weren't using anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it, it involved uh, removing some columns, renaming some columns, uh, even things across multiple tables that had like foreign key dependencies. And so there there, there was quite a bit going on in the migration, maybe, maybe like four or five tables were being affected. So then to roll that back, I kind of had to do it in reverse order, right? Like, okay, I got to recreate this uh, thing that was dropped last. And in the process of writing the the rollback, the down, I realized, oh, this thing I did in the migration is kind of dumb. Like that, that, that's not the most, it wasn't the optimal way, way to do it. And it actually mm-hmm. wasn't having the desired effect. So like you could run the migration and then see, oh, it didn't work. But it, it, it's not not quite like a unit test, but it almost was like a mental unit test of my logic to work it backwards. And I found a bug and I was able to fix it before I even ran it. So, I mean, that that was one I found. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> run yeah, into that that's, yourself. That's interesting. You basically, I mean, I, I could see where you could use that in various different parts of your application, mm-hmm. not just even the migrations. But okay. what happens when you follow your logic backwards? Does it still make sense? If you're thinking about it, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, as silly as it sounds, you can write the alphabet as fast, you know, as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> sure, down. Yep. But if you if you read it backwards, you can see maybe you missed a letter or two because you were just trying to type it as fast as possible. And, you know, but, yeah. you know, I, I, I can see that. I mean, that's maybe a bad example. Uh, as I say, well, like, like, like a sobriety test, like say that yeah, yeah. backwards. <laughs> so if you're coding under the influence, we want you to try this. But but yeah, it just it's it's really it forces your brain to think of it in a different way. And so just that context shift of doing it in a different order might might help you to see something that that wasn't quite right. Uh, and so, I mean, you mentioned testing, I think, kind of in, in the intro. And I wanted to come back to that because we're not writing a unit test for a migration, but testing in the sense of you should be running your migration locally, obviously, but but also like running the down and then looking at the data and looking at the schema and and seeing like did it in fact put it back the way I want? Because if yeah, I've seen I've I've seen a lot of people that will go and make the changes in the database with a GUI tool until mm. it works okay and then they'll try to write their migration after that to match what they did okay and it's like you don't actually know if you wrote the mig- migration correctly um you know especially yeah. that also when you think about it, if you if you know you want to do two three different things but yep. you're not sure if the first one's going to work write the first up and the first down part of it mm. and run that and then roll it back because it's easier to only have one failing migration yeah. at one point versus like i don't know i've had this before where you have a migration that fails like three out of the, fu- the third oh, out of yeah. the fifth step yeah. And you're like, I'm in a weird spot where it's sort of migrated down. I don't know what to do. 
well, it just just a side point, like my SQL makes that worse because it can't do schema changes in a transaction. I learned this recently, mm. like other databases can. So if, if you have a migration that fails with like Postgres or Microsoft SQL Server, like it, it won't leave it in a weird state. So anyways, that's just oh, just a I side didn't, I didn't point. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that was one thing I was like, oh, man, that's that's kind of a convincing reason to like look at Postgres again. But anyways, uh, side point. But but yeah, testing it, rolling it forward, rolling it back just gives you the confidence that this thing is doing what you want. And and really, if you do have that catastrophic scenario, you really want to have tested that down method because you don't want like the down method to make something broken, broken in a different way. And now you're really stuck. So I think that's good advice to, to test it manually. You know, when you're like a kid, people ask you, what's your favorite color? Or um, like a lot of times, like, what's your favorite number? Mm-hmm. But um, I realized that the larger someone's favorite number becomes, the weirder it is. Okay. Give me an example. Like, how, how well, large are we talking? If if you said to, like, you know, son or daughter, if you're like, what's your favorite number? And they're like, six. You're like, huh. But if they say 672,127, you're yep. like, what's wrong with you? Why would that be? Why why is that? Maybe that's their favorite number. Yeah. I I Maybe, maybe the conclusion. The question itself is confusing because like because you know, there's a different difference between number and numeral but i think most people are thinking like si- single digit numeral right oh yeah um, yeah and as a kid like when you said that i never had a favorite color like i'd pick one just to like not be weird but i definitely yeah. had a favorite number what was your favorite number it was eight. Oh, and i just I like that <laughs> it's what too big like six is the limit no i, <laughs> no. I just like the shape of it and I thought it was cool that you could turn it sideways and it became infinity. So that's your deep thought for today. About this time in every podcast episode, we uh, take a small little second and tell you to do something. But today, we're not gonna. You enjoy the day. Take it for yourself. Go find a quiet place and relax. Relax.